Everyone get nervous now. That's right, yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. My name is Brock Dennis. And I'm Aaron Flores. And I think I might be getting a cold or something. My oh, yeah? hearing is going. Do you have allergies? Like, no, I don't. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> have you well, developed I mean, allergies since I you may moved have, to Oregon? I may have. That's, that's the rumor. Broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains in transit, and simpler living. And today, co-founding Bike PSU and pedaling through the pollens. That's right. We are here with uh, Gerald and Ray from PSU. Uh, Gerald is the co-founder. Wait, is the founder of the Pollen Ride? Uh, you could say that, <laughs> but you're the you're the leader. That's right. Yeah, but it's okay. But I, I, this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't emailed us I, yeah, I with sp- the I idea. It. So, yep. we would call you like yeah, the impetus, and okay. then he's the the executor. That's yeah. I guess that's how it works. Yeah. Exactly. So Gerald is here, and then Ray, uh, also a PSU grad, and just about. Both of you are just about to graduate. Yes. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Weeks. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you for being here. It's good to see you. Thank you. And uh, spoilers, their first podcast ever. Ever. Yeah. But the thing is, when you go into uh, urban design and, and all of these, this sort of field. That's right. You're going to probably be doing a lot of these. Podcasters will flock to you because they <laughs> will want to talk to you about the ideas that you have. And uh, and we wish you the best for the future, but that's that's all to come in just a little bit. So I'm just happy uh, to be your first. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure to see you both here. Thank you. Happy uh, happy uh, finals week. Is it finals week yet? Next week is. Next, okay. Yeah, next week. Well, happy finals week. Almost. Um, happy. This is like this is when you uh, stuff all the information into your heads. Yes. And procrastinate one last time. There you go. <laughs> one last time. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> when school's done, <laughs> procrastination ends. Right. That's how it worked for me. So uh, we are here, and uh, it's, it's a hot day. Yeah. This is the first 90-degree day we've had, right, this year? I don't think so. No? Have I we think, had others? Yeah, I think okay. either last week or two weeks ago, it got that high. Okay, and we're complaining because we're on the West Coast. Because we're <laughs> right. in the Northwest, where the weather never changes. We do not know about extremes. So, Well, uh, it's it's always... I mean, it changes, but it's always predictably changing like we know in a certain time of year it's always going to be rainy and a certain degree and we know during a certain time of year yes. it's going to be really dry in a certain degree and it's been just all over the place 20 degrees up 20 months. degrees down except yeah. for like today it was like 40 50 degrees up so yeah that was crazy yeah i wore a coat into work and then i wore almost nothing on oh the way i here. had like a my winter hat on are you serious and, yeah, <laughs> and i started out with just the surly jersey and I stopped in the middle and then put my like you know uh, arm warmers. That's incredible. Because I was I was cold this morning. Yeah. On the way, um, I looked at the weather and was like, "Oh, it's going to be ninety. I'm just going to wear this <laughs> in my in my shorts and and I'm going to go." And then I got cold. Right. What you wear shorts? I I would count these as short pants. Short. The, yeah. You also wear long socks in the summer. <laughs> it's <so>. true. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Just just pointing it out. It's something I don't do. 
I'm so. like I'm like maybe one step away from wearing tights on a regular basis. Hey man, if, <laughs> if, if that's what it takes to make you feel like Just yourself, you should do that. Yeah, my my socks keep rolling down. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, socks <laughs> socks do have a tendency to roll down if, unless unless you have really good elastic. Yes, I have yet to make good on the darn tough socks. That either of you guys know darn tough socks from Vermont. I've heard of them. Never owned a pair. Okay, um, they have a lifetime warranty allegedly, but I have not yet mailed in my broken pairs. Now I have like three pairs where I wore through the heel. Oh, and so I have to test Is this there lifetime like a warranty. Statute of, statute of limitations as to how or when you can. The lifetime of it's the, the sock. lifetime, I guess. Yeah, yeah. as long as those <laughs> socks kind of are alive. Question. I mean, they're not alive, but you know. As long as I, as well, long as I own Wool, them. Wool is, was, is, was a, a living uh, That's thing, true. You know. It's like the craftsman tool warranty. Where like, <laughs> you used to be able to go and get them like at a garage sale or something. Then take them to Sears and get and a get brand new, new tool set. Because you're like, well, these, these old ones don't work anymore. Um, I did not take advantage of that enough. Right. And I don't think it's a good idea to do... Like, I, I, I always felt bad about that back when I was an REI shopper. Now I prefer Next Adventure here in Portland. But... Um, the idea that you could go in and you could take your thing in and say, like, you know, this didn't work for me. They'd be like, well, tell us a little bit about that. But they had to take it back. Um, the guarantee is a nice thing if you're a scrupulous person. It's also... It's also it a be, loophole right. for it, scoundrels. It could be taken advantage of. Yeah. Although, so, I mean, are they hurting that bad? Well, and that's the question. See, that's the... Yeah, that, those are the problems. So, I... I guess there's the slippery slope that I find myself on every day. It's like the movie Tommy Boy, right? Where he's like, I could take a dump in a box and give you a guarantee. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it is a craftsman. <laughs> right. But it, suffice to say, I have not yet sent back those darn tough socks yet. Uh, socks I have with holes that I need right. to return for their warranty. Because the reason I bought them was... Uh, was it was for the warranty. It was actually on uh, Logan Smith, longtime donor and supporter of the podcast. He was the one that said, hey, uh, these are great socks. You should get some. And so I did. Um, and then, and then you ripped them. Yes. You got yeah, I ripped them over the course of like three or four years. But that's pretty good for the life day. of the sock because I don't, I, I don't have a sock that's over a year old that I haven't like <laughs> mended in some way. And those socks have lasted like outlasted pairs of shoes that I wore with those socks. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, even if you don't turn them in, I think you still got your money's worth. I hope. I hope so. I, what, what I'm hoping but you to say. Turn them in. Yeah, but I'm I'm not the loophole guy. I'm just like I'm a guy who wears socks, and those socks wore out, and so I'm going to claim the warranty. There you go. Yeah, I wore, I wore a lot of socks during uh, cross country and track in high school. So. Oh sure, and a lot of shoes too. Right. Oh, I bet. <laughs> like the more you run, the, the more socks you need. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever have? Did you ever have any sort of warrantied sock, or did you just go out and get like eight more of them? Eight more then. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the multi pack. Yes. I'm right there with you. Right, right. And back in the day I used to buy socks in multi pack, but now that I get the fancy ones, they're like it's the same price, but you only get one pair. Yeah. But if that one pair lasts you as long as the eight pack. Yeah, I have never done the numbers on that. I'm sure I'm sure I wonder. Yeah. I'm still I think I, I'm still gonna buy my socks in bulk. Right. Hey, something happened to me the other day on the way to work that hadn't happened in a long time. Yeah. I got a flat. Wow. I was riding my bike to work. I got a flat tire. There was a time where you were getting a, like a rash of them. Yeah. Sometime last year. 
but that's probably true. Maybe, and there, maybe a couple of years ago. There's but, a couple kinds, right? Because there's the kind where you have a slow leak and you can pump it back up and you can get to where you're going, but then you have to pump up the tire again later. Right. And right. then there's the kind where like it does not retain pressure. Where like you, you go to pump it and you just hear the air like come exactly. right back out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I buy Schwalbe tires because I like the, the way that they work. I like the, uh, I like right. their durability. And when I start getting flats in those tires, I know that I've worn out that tire. I went so far as to buy Schwalbe inner tubes. Oh yeah, yeah, they they're more expensive. This, yeah, they're more expensive, but they are a lot tougher than. Uh, are they your... tougher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've I've had metal objects sticking out of my tires without flats. There you go. So. Well, I should get those then. So I don't. That know. was my if mistake. You, if you, you know, it's the sock. It's the sock dilemma. It is. I'm, I'm coining this term now. I'm calling it the sock <laughs> dilemma. Do you go with quantity or do you go with like a little bit extra money and like, you know, who knows where where the even or where the the tipping point is? Well, it depends on, on where. Yeah, it depends on where that's going to balance out for you. Because if you're the kind of person who doesn't mind changing your socks all the time. And you like you you're near your store of socks, then that's fine. Right. If you're the kind of person that needs really durable socks, on the way to work, I did not have durable <laughs> socks. I had a flat tire. Right. So um, I, I was worried I, because I've had this happen before. One time, I think before I got Schwalbe tires, it was I was still riding on something else, and I was on my way to work, and I was within like four miles of work or something, but I knew that I couldn't get there on time. So I just had to call them and say, I can't go to oh, work. I can't get there. That's like one there. of my biggest fears. Well, because I have no way of contacting them. Right. And at that time, neither did I, because I was doing the Wi-Fi phone setup like you still do. Okay. So, yeah. So you like had to find a place with, I had Wi-Fi. to find Wi-Fi. I had to Skype to Which work. Which is even more time. Yes. Yeah. I think it was something nearby, but, um, but I did that and I said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't make it. And they covered my, my shift, and I ended up just uh, having coffee on Williams that morning. <laughs> it was rather nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once I got my tire fixed. But uh, the thing was, I was worried that, that would happen again, because I haven't had a flat on the way to work in probably about a year. At least not a flat so bad that I couldn't limp in. Right. And so for, my first thing was not to pull off the, the, the wheel and try and patch the tube. My first thing was to look up on the Cardigo app. Is there a car to go nearby <laughs> that I could use <laughs> and, uh, and carry That's my bike bad closer idea, to though. work? Yeah. Like, could I carry my bike closer to work and then, like, and then kind of limp it in? You can get pretty far north. You, you can. You can get as far north as uh, Lombard. But not to where we work. No, It's no. still a good two miles from there. Yeah, just so, so that was my first call, but I couldn't find anything nearby. And the reason for that was because I had lost my credit card at the rock show that you and I went to the weekend before. And... Um, so my data plan had been shut off on my phone because I go month to month. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so I couldn't find a car to go because my, <laughs> my credit card information wasn't good on the app on the phone. <laughs> and you're, oh So no. I actually had to patch the tire. Shame, and, shame. Right? And, well, I mean, you and I both know that's like, that's like one of our least favorite things to do on the road. <laughs> I think it's everyone's. Le- I, I, I do. Except for Jocelyn Gowdy. Oh, She's yeah. the only she publicly has said That's that right. she likes patching tires. I was gonna say I was gonna say defy I defy anyone to find someone who, who likes patching tires, but there's that person, I guess. Yep. Um yeah. and that was used as Law the of averages, line. right? There's right. gonna be one. Some bike shop was using that like, Do you love to to patch flat tires? And I was <laughs> right. thinking if I go to work for a bike shop, I don't think I would want to I don't think I would want that to be why I worked at the shop. 
Yeah. There's a lot of like clinics that'll teach you how to patch a, a tire right on the road. And I think that's a great clinic to have, but I think a better clinic is how not to freak out when you get a flat and just change your tube. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I did. I ended up yeah. pulling the wheel off, pulled the tire off, pulled the tube out. I didn't even have a spare tube. I ended up patching it. Oh, right. But those, uh, what's the brand name on those, uh, those like teal colored kits? Uh, I forget. They're nice. Yeah, crap. I can't remember either. Yeah. Uh, we could probably all pull one out of our <laughs> bags right now. Right now. <laughs> uh, but no, they, they've gotten better. Like, you no longer have to wait to it's put It's a the, German company, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Germans are good at engineering things. That's So they say. <laughs> so also the two engineers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I ended, up, uh, I ended up patching it because you no longer have to wait for the emulsion liquid to uh, to set oh right they improved their adhesive yeah there's there's uh, a large digital zero 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 on the front of the package now which means you can put the liquid on then you can put the patch directly over the top of that and you're all set so i ended up what five minutes late to work or 10 minutes late to work well that's not but only five minutes late to my first pickup in the school bus so it worked out just fine that's not bad at all yeah yeah and i was worried about that maybe it was because uh you know it's it's the summertime and i can imagine getting a flat in the rain would be less fun most definitely and i i move slower definitively in the rain also so uh it's probably good that it happened when it did but if anybody out there is not commuting to work because they're worried about the possibility of a flat, I would say it's don't probably, worry about it. Don't worry about it that much. It's probably going to be okay. So yeah, just want to throw in one last thing. Um, so I use slime in my tubes, and I haven't gotten For a flat shame. Uh, no, in I the past know. year. So <laughs> no, it's worked pretty well. Really? Slime is all right. Yeah, would, slime is like a coagulation of. Uh, hey, Lily and Carabig, just pick. Just hey. peeked into the door. Lily, hey, you want to come into the studio? Going? Hi. Can I pull a bike in? Oh, please do. And disappear. That's sure. all. Yeah, of course. Sorry. I like, should have checked the schedule. Don't worry about it. Nice suspenders. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be on the podcast, you know. All of this. <laughs> they can't see you waving on a podcast. <laughs> we will. We will describe it in detail. So anyways, that's what happened to me. Um, so yeah, that's what I was going to say was uh, everyone, you know, don't worry about it. Just do your thing. Yeah. So, uh, what did you Wait, do, sir? Let, I want to hear more about slime. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, people tried to talk me out of it. They said, oh, it's going to weigh your tubes down. You're going to ride slower. And I don't really notice anything. It seems to work fine. Um, I've had it in my tubes. You, you basically squeeze it into the inner tube okay. after your inner tube's inflated in the tire. And you just squeeze in like half a bottle in each tire. And it stays in there forever. And um, I haven't had any flats. It's probably been... A year, year and a half, no flats. So, does that like expand then and like uh, substitute for air pressure, or do you still have to like pump? No, you air still want to into... pump it all the way up. I okay. do think it helps. Uh, it prevents air from leaking out. So instead of pumping up my tires every couple weeks, I end up going a month, six weeks. But ah. I've got pretty fat tires. Yeah, and so. slime is a little bit like the white blood cell platelets in your blood. Like when you when you cut yourself. Suddenly, these little white blood cells come rushing to the rescue to form a scab and to keep you from I think bleeding those are out. The red blood cells. Strike Wait. that, reverse it. <laughs> and I've I've heard if you do get a flat, um, you can get a flat, but the uh, the hole will kind of seal itself with right. the slime. Right. So you'll get a flat, but you might be able to uh, inflate the tube right. without having to patch it. Uh, this reminds me of uh, Nathan Jones's 
debacle coming down to California, didn't he mention like he ended up putting slime in the tire because it wasn't holding any air, and so he ended up putting slime in, and then it the the hole like sealed itself. Right, and that's where I was going with the blood cell metaphor. Yeah. It's kind of like that, where something just kind of uh, rushes to the place where there's a leak and stops it. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've used that before, but uh, I didn't know you could put it into your tubes because I haven't yeah. used it for a while. Yeah, they do sell a tube that comes with slime already in it. That's and a that's lot more what convenient. I had. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to take the valve. You unscrew the actual valve, uh-huh. and then you squirt the slime in. I forget exactly how it okay. works. But, yeah. but you can put that into any tube if you want to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, nice. Definitely straighter valves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good Good to have with fenders then too, right? Because like if it does blow. Because mine, mine held for a while, and then it blew, and there was green slime everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like <laughs> Ghostbusters inside my fenders. So if the fenders weren't there, I, I shudder to think what would have happened. But uh, but yes, uh, that knowing that. It's uh, it's a pretty useful product, I think. So, yeah. It probably does slow you down a little bit. If you have a lightweight road bike, you might but, notice the weight. Yeah, but, but you're not racing, right? I'm not. Like, you don't care that much, like, what time you get somewhere, as long as you get there on time. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it slows you down much. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad it worked out for you. Yep, so far. Yeah. Aaron, you're uh, you're about to compete for the last I'm time. I'm going to state. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, the the bus rodeo or the safety exercise team, um, a bunch of us qualified for the state finals yeah. or the state competition. So you're going to be competing and, to see who like the safest bus driver in Oregon is, Yep, and it might be you. Maybe. I would like to think I did some improving since I last competed, um, even though like fifth is, is no... You know, it's nothing to to be ashamed about. Yeah, this is the guy that walked away with a trophy for fifth place. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for novice drivers. <laughs> so good job. Yay! Yeah, I don't know. It'll it'll be a fun time, and so it starts really early, especially for those those of us who are competing. We have to set up and uh, uh, register by like seven, and. Um, I'm going to call him our coach. I've been calling him coach all the there time. There you go. Much to his, coach Chris. his chagrin. Yeah. Yeah. So our coach wants us to meet uh, at 645 at the place. There you go. And rather than make my way up there, um, you know, waking up at five and then getting around and whatnot, uh, I decided I'm going to get a, a room. And I looked at like the various hotels around there. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much they're asking for right, for that it's area. It's like eighty bucks it's, a night. It's up right, at, at least. it's up at Portland Meadows, where uh, you know it's a, the horse race track. It's you know, um, it's up on Marine Drive. Okay, it's, it's way way up. And there. there's really not much else there. A Walmart. That's um, pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to bet on horses and buy cheap stuff, that, yeah, there you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's like these three hotels, uh, like Motel Six and. And the like, uh, Best Western, I think, was another. So you're priced out of that. You're and like, that's, that's like, ridiculous. Yeah, it was like a hundred a night. Come uh, on. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand that's maybe average for a hotel room, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not what I would want to spend for a night in a hotel in that area. Now, like if I was closer to town, maybe. Well, yeah, and in the town that you live in. Right and it, yes, and in the town that I'm living in, <laughs> they're cashing in on the fact that the the mailing address still says Portland, Oregon. Maybe, yeah, yeah, or you know, maybe there's people who like want to see that 
want to see the races. I don't know if there's like a big horse race going on. Maybe horse people, you know, are staying there. Horse people, like centaurs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need special rooms for that. Centaur American is the preferred. A lot of sweets. <laughs> not, please, not horse people. <laughs> so, yeah. So you decided not to go with the hotel route. Uh, no, and I found an Airbnb that's like somewhere in the Deacon area. Yeah. Does it feel it's weird to rent a room in your own town? A little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I haven't done that yet, but, but I feel like maybe I want to. Th- I think there's going to be... For me, anyways, it's going to be kind of neat to be a tourist in your own town. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because, well, Deacom is not a place that I, I get to very often. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and becoming hip. I hear that it's, yeah, it's kind of coming up, and I want to get there and see it before, you know, before it's developers too hip. totally ruin it, and it's just another little big burger and uh, oh, uh, right, right. the like. Yeah, the salt and straw. Salty straws. Okay, there you go. So, you, yeah, you found a place to sleep that yeah. is uh, not going to break the bank, and it will put you closer to where you need to be early in the morning. Yes. Nice. Yes. And Well, you and, know what that means. You know, a comfortable room, you know, in a house that's, act, you know, as opposed to this sterile environment that is a hotel room. That means you have to take all the soap and shampoo when you leave. <laughs> And you have to, like, check in and get out to, for the maximum time possible so you get your money's worth. Well, I don't know if that'll be possible. When you go past but... the Continental Breakfast, take all the bagels. <laughs> Just raid the refrigerator. And... Continental Breakfast, right? <laughs> and the eggs. <laughs> yeah. Where's your waffle maker? <laughs> and why aren't, why aren't the waffle portions in little cups? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I think that's a great idea, though. I, I've often wanted, I think, for me, usually the draw in town would be more like, I wish I had uh, a cool place to hang out in. Like, if there was a really kitschy Airbnb, like, stay in my treehouse or something. There I, is. I would stay in that. You can find it. It's there. All right, so I know what my, I, my homework is. Yep, I yeah. found I found various places like that when I was researching places for my mom to stay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you the best of the rodeo, the oh, safety thanks. exercise. Yeah. Hope it goes well. It'll be fun. And we'll let all you folks listening know next week uh, how Aaron did. How I did. Yeah. How I placed or not placed. Right. Well, you know one thing that you can't have at the safety exercise because it's a safety exercise? I do. What's that? Would that be alcohol? That's right. Yeah. Yes. If you're not allowed to have a beer while you're watching the school buses uh, move around the course. That's all right. They right. sell it for way too much. But you know what? There is a place where you can get an even better value than stealing all of the uh, shampoo and soap and towels <laughs> from your Airbnb. <laughs> and that's the beer mongers at Southeast Division at 12. That was a pretty good segue there. Thank you. I've been working on it. Yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting this is not a twist. Would you like an opener? <laughs> Just spinning, yeah. Hey, Just why, spinning why don't we take that around. new opener that Andre Johnson sent us? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Andre. There we go. This is a lot like the one that you had for a long time. I had one lost. on my belt for years, and I lost it. But uh, but Andre said this one is for the studio fridge, and so that's where it lives. It's going to be here. Yeah. And honestly, it's like the place where it that I think where we use it most. So yeah, but uh, yes, the beer monger, Southeast Division of Twelve, was just there, and I think I mentioned on the last time we taped that uh, sometimes they have a potluck, and sometimes there's mac and cheese. It's Man, a, it's a glorious. I can't place. believe I missed that. But seriously, so much value for your money. Even better than soap and towels. Yes. Go get some beer at the Beer Mongers, Southeast Division and 12. So, well, we should talk about college because uh, <laughs> you guys are in it for the last time. Yes. I, what, is it for the last time for both of you? 
Yeah, I'm not planning to get my PhD. <laughs> You're not going back. No PhD. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have been studying. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I, we had talked about, Gerald, you and I got together and talked about the pollen ride. And we talked about the difference between, what was it, uh, civil engineering and what's the other term? Uh, urban planning. Urban planning. And there's yeah. a difference between the two. Yeah. So, Ray, Ray, do you want to talk about urban planning a little bit? Sure. And I'll talk about the civil engineering. Sure. So I guess I'll go first. Uh, urban planning is more high level than like architecture, urban design. It works on, you know, comprehensive planning, zoning, uh, you know, land use, the whole spectrum of land use, transportation. This, yeah. So it collaborates among different specializations and it provides more high level of high level stuff compared to civil engineering is. Uh, yeah. So civil engineers would design like say an intersection so like the curb the roadway the traffic signals uh in general civil engineers design anything big that doesn't move so okay. mechanical engineers uh design the moving parts civil engineers you know buildings bridges roadways and uh doing the, the fine details of the the design gotcha yeah. okay nice and we need both of you to make a smooth well-oiled city Yes. So that everybody gets where they want to go without uh, too much discomfort and everyone's safe and everything uh, everything's pretty. Definitely. In a way. Yep. Nice. Uh, what, I'm curious from both of you, what drew you to the field? Uh, well, I came to Portland, to, to PSU uh, specifically, because they, they have a strong bicycle and pedestrian transportation program. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm focused in trans, uh, transportation, and PSU has a couple classes, like, very geared towards uh, biking and walking. Okay, yeah. So, so that brought you in, mm -hmm. and uh, and Ray for you. Well, urban planning. Uh, growing up in the uh, south, with my where my actual home is located in Kannapolis, North Carolina, has a walk score of zero. It basically is very auto dependent. It uh, has no sidewalks, and the entrance to the uh, neighborhood is a sixty mile an hour road, two lane road. So I grew up with the automobile and. I, my desire for, you know, UNC, UNC Charlotte, where I did my undergrad and then at PSU was to, you know, change the conversation from being all about, about cars to being multimodal. Yeah. A walk score of zero, you said. Yes. I have not found anybody as low as mine. So, like, no one gets how to walk that, anywhere. Yeah. How is that compiled? Who does that? Yeah. It's walkscore.com, and wow. it doesn't include sidewalks. Okay. Which is kind of ironic because it's all about walking, but it's because... Cities don't have a good uh, sidewalk ne network or database because you know, they, they know where the roads are, but they don't know where the sidewalks are. Right. So uh -huh. it looks at proximity. So if you have you know a grocery store or a cafe or a restaurant nearby, your walk score is going to be higher. But since where my home was located is uh, has a church about a mile away, the nearest grocery store is about three miles away, there's nothing nearby. So walk score is zero. Is there a, would you consider that like sprawl? Yes. Then? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Uh, that would, I feel like that would drive me towards wanting to learn more about urban design. So, uh, so you guys, you came in, you uh, started going to school, started uh, putting in your time, doing classes, learning things. Uh, at some point you decided to start an advocacy organization yourself. Yeah. So we, we were both interested in bicycle advocacy and um, we were kind of surprised to find that PSU didn't have a bicycle advocacy organization. Uh, we did a little homework and uh, we found there was one, I think it was called the bicycle advocacy collective, collective. Yep. something like that mm -hmm. uh, from 2008 to 2012. And I guess a lot of the students graduated kind of fell apart 
and we decided let's start something. We didn't really have even like a place, a Facebook page or anything to ask questions about biking in Portland or just get people together and talk about bike related stuff. So we figured let's start an advocacy organization. And, uh, another, another big impetus for it was, um, we feel that there's a lot of room for improvement downtown for biking. There's not many bike lanes downtown mm-hmm. and lots of congestion. So it's, it's kind of tough biking downtown. So. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, uh, it's almost ironic in some ways, just the idea that you've got this city, Portland is known for being a bicycling city, whether or not we have the best infrastructure is up for debate. And, you know, Minneapolis stole the title a couple of years ago and we got it back and, I don't know if the title means anything or if we need to have one or not, right. but, um, but downtown where all the buildings are big and built already, uh, the streets are pretty much established in the way that they're going to be. Um, it is more difficult to get around downtown and that's where PSU is. So, yeah. And we're, we're kind of at the Southern end of downtown, which is really where a lot of the it gets a little is. hairy. Like you're yeah. right near Barber Boulevard. And yeah. Barber turns into fourth and, uh, Sixth Ave, yeah. Park Blocks. It's just all congested. Broadway and Sixth is really nasty around there. Yeah, yeah. especially around rush hour time. Yep. So, I, yeah. I drive that like sometimes three times a day. That's right. So you go long. through that every day. <laughs> yeah. So you're familiar with it. Yes. And you think to yourself as you're behind the wheel of a large automobile, this is not this my is, beautiful bike. This is not my beautiful <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but wondering where you would be if you were on a bicycle, like what would I do right now? Um, I just assume people don't ride it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would imagine, I mean, there's a certain element of, uh, like something that happens in a collegiate setting is comprised of people who will be there for a short time and then we'll move somewhere else. So, um, in some ways it's probably not surprising that there was something that started and, uh, had to, had to go away. But, uh, what was it like starting something new? Uh, well, we, we kind of scrambled because there was a deadline that we found out about right after we got the idea. So I guess um, Ray and I started school in the fall of 2014. We got the idea maybe like, I don't know, in the winter 2015. And and then um, there was a deadline sometime around March. So we had like a month to like get to what, get other paperwork and have, we had to have at least five people supporting the idea and uh, to find, we had to make a constitution and figure out who was treasurer and all that. Um, the, de- the deadline was for becoming an official student organization for the year to have it every year to have a timeline where if you don't meet the deadline, you don't become a student order for that year. And then uh, you have to wait a whole nother year. Okay. Cause they want it to be around for most of the school year so people can take advantage of whatever it offers. Yeah. So I guess you, you apply in the spring to become an organization for the following fall. Okay. So, and get your credibility and everything. Yeah, and yeah. then students know about you, and you can do events. Right, things. as opposed to starting in, like, May and being done by June. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Nice. Um, so this that means, let's see, you started 14, so you put in uh, you put in your interest in 15, you said? Yeah, just over a year ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've been doing this for a year. Yeah. yeah. At, at this university. We okay. both, at least, I did uh, four years of undergrad, too, with starting a bike club up there and. You did as well in New Jersey area. Yeah, I'm, I'm from New Jersey, so I uh, I helped start something similar to, for those familiar with uh, Bikes for Humanity here in Portland, um, I helped form an organization similar to that in New Jersey. Right, yeah. I remember you were telling me a story about uh, kind of like somebody said, hey, run with this idea because you had the idea, and he was like, here's how we can get you there. Yeah, some uh, 
a guy named Russ, he, um, he founded the Trenton Boys and Girls Club bike, uh, bike Exchange. And so there was one in Trenton, New Jersey, one in Newark, New Jersey. And I lived in New Brunswick, uh, about midway between. I approached him and said, hey, why not have a third one in the middle of those two cities? Yeah. And he says, uh, well, when can you meet? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. So we very quickly uh, got that off. We, we had some luck. We found a space. Uh, someone was willing to donate. Well, it benefited a nonprofit. They had the space for basically we collected uh, used bicycles from the community and repaired them for free and uh, sold them. And the money went back into the nonprofit. Nice. So. That's great. Yeah. And then Ray, you said you also had something uh, before grad program. You were, when you were an undergrad, you were also leading uh, some sort of advocacy. Was it advocacy or was it? Uh... It was advocacy. Okay. It was called the UNC Charlotte Cyclist Club. Okay. And I started it in 2010 and it didn't become official organization until uh, 2013 because we were uh, sponsored by a department and not a student org, oh, but okay. we still we basically worked through a department, which wasn't an official, but uh, we we're advocating for like bike racks and uh, bike lanes and basically showing people that Charlotte isn't all about cars. Right. So was, uh, that's why I spent four years in undergrad and I was served two years in student Senate as well with uh, writing legislation to advocate for where bike racks should go and use my G, uh, GIS background, geography background to figure out where the bike racks should go. So my education uh, overlaps with my advocacy work quite nice. a bit in undergrad. Nice. Uh, how hard was that in Charlotte? Well, in Charlotte, you had to t- tell people why they put bike racks in. And in Portland, they already know they need bike racks. Okay. They just want to know how they can get them. In Charlotte, yeah. you have to like sell them hard. Yeah. Because in Charlotte, like they knew they wanted uh, parking decks for cars. But in my opinion, they didn't really care much about bike racks until people were parking the bike their bikes illegally on like lampposts <laughs> and benches and, and trees. And once they realized, oh, we got a problem here with illegally parked bikes. We need bike racks. If it wasn't for that, I don't think they would have been sold on it because I gave them a reason to, you know, help keep their universe look pretty. Right. Because trees aren't as pretty once you start locking bikes to them, either because yeah. the bike is there and people don't want to see the bike there or because, like, the, the bark on the tree is getting yeah. rubbed off and that sort of thing. So, well, it's actually more of a concern of, like, ADA uh, concerns with, like, they're parking it to oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, ramps for ADA. Okay. And so if someone in a wheelchair shows up yeah, uh, and could, can't go up the sidewalk yeah. ramp because the bike is in the way, then that's that's a problem. Yeah. So yeah. I got the ADA office to team up with me and say, hey, we need to get these bike racks off these ramps and actually help bike racks for them. Yeah. Nice. So I did a lot of yeah. pl- collaborating throughout university and that's an interesting thing is that i feel like a lot of times some of the best advocacy comes through like those shared interests like mm-hmm. like people who are concerned about ada share your concern and it's not like they don't have the same goal but they have the same ideas in mind and, and you can get support from them and leverage with them if you work together yes so that's kind of cool nice so what uh, what has P- uh, bike psu been up to over the past year um well You've got notes. Got, yeah, <laughs> I've got notes. Well, wow. I can tell you off the top of my head. Um, we recently held uh, a bicycle education class with um, the League of American Bicyclists. So it was about like a four-hour class, mostly on the bicycle, um, teaching students tricks like how to do a quick stop if you need to stop suddenly or do a quick right to avoid getting right hooked or something like that. Um, so we have, we've had a couple of those classes. Um, we to kind of get things going to to gain student interest and membership we um there's this big event at PSU at the beginning of the year called Party in the Park okay oh, yeah. so the park is the park blocks and 
all of the student organizations show up. There's probably like 100 tables. And so we decided we would get like a massive map of uh, Portland, like a bike map. It was even bigger than the standard bike map. And we put it on a bulletin board, and we had people put push pins on where they live. Ah. And they would put like a little – we had little uh, post-it flags that would go through the push pin. And, you know, we had people write their number, like a number two, and then you write your name and email next to that. And so, okay. so we quickly got a listserv of uh, over 100 people put push pins in, and we, we got the conversations going. And that's kind of how we got people to come to our first meeting, uh, just having those email addresses and talking to them at the party in the park. Nice, nice. And the, and the map was for creating bike trains. We are trying to uh, match people who uh, were, you know, New to biking with people who are experienced. So we had color color. The pins were actually color coded by whether they were experienced or whether they uh, you know new to biking, and so we matched them up to do bike trains, which basically meant oh, cool. biking from where they live to biking to school, yeah. so we can try to encourage people to bike. Like if if you don't feel good about doing this on your own, let's pair you with someone who can, like yes, who has the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was a little tricky because everyone's schedule is a little different. Yeah. So you right. find two people that live in the same neighborhood. One starts at 8 a.m. The other, their classes aren't until afternoon. So It's the same problem with yeah. people who are interested in carpooling because they're, uh, especially in suburban like bedroom communities around big cities, like C-Tran has a couple of uh, van pools, I think. But you have to find enough people who have similar schedules who would all benefit from the van pool to make yeah. that work. So same with the bike, uh, the bike train, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, it definitely brought some people together. And, uh, you know, if they want to even do a weekend ride just as a test, it's good for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think of people going to PSU as living in some of the dorm buildings, like right around the the, the school itself. But it seems like there are probably a lot of people that are also spread out it, over the city. Yeah. It's actually primarily a commuter campus. It, it almost feels like a community college in a way. I think like I forget the exact percentage, but I think like 80 percent somewhere around there commute yeah from off campus so because there are a lot of high-rise buildings but there's not a lot of dorm buildings like a, yeah they're putting in more yeah. um but there's never been a huge not a ton of dorms on campus yeah so. and you could almost go through portland state university you could almost go through most of the campus and not realize it was a college yes. i think because it's so integrated into the yeah. urban landscape like everything like it uh the the city grid goes through and yeah so yeah it's uh it's very much it's very non-obtrusive yep but uh, okay, so so you did the bike trains, and uh, what uh, what else did you guys work on over this last year? Uh, well, we met with people from the city a couple times. We, we attended some downtown neighborhood association meetings where they were talking about bike infrastructure. Uh, then we met with there's a new project manager at Peabot, uh, Gabe Graff. He's the guy in charge of the the multimodal downtown project. Okay, he, I've heard his name around a lot, but I don't yeah. Know him. So we yeah. met with him for about an hour, just kind of. You know, showing that there really is a lot of demand for improved infrastructure downtown and just giving him some ideas on what, what corridors we thought might be better than others, that sort of thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because the nature of being in college is that you don't have a lot of money, and so if you have to get around somewhere, the bicycle is probably your first go-to, whether or not you know how to use it and whether or not you know where it's easiest to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to say, like, a lot of advocacy organizations start because there's nothing. Like, PSU is actually great on campus, so tons of bike racks. There's a bike room. They just put in some showers for bike commuters, lockers. There's a bike shop, the bike hub. Um, yeah. They have classes for uh, teaching people how to do bike repair. They've got everything. So the university's uh, platinum 
bicycle friendly university and i feel that's deserved it's just we, we were more concerned about the city streets connecting to it sure yeah. like yeah. what happens yeah. around the campus and psu does yeah. not own the streets actually <laughs> they don't <laughs> right. a lot of universities do own their streets right oh. But okay. it's very unique for having uh, PSU have to partner with the city of Portland to do anything on the street. They're like, hey, our, hand, our hands are cuffed. We can't do anything unless we partner with the city. And yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of universities like uh, UC Davis, I believe, they have control over their streets. And so it's it's rare for a university to not have control over their streets, which brings – it's harder to deal with. And you have to also deal with the business community, whether they want you know certain things in their streets. Because you know, downtown's got a large business community. For right. sure. And I'd be curious, like University of Oregon and Eugene, for example, I know that they have, there are certain parts of the property that are university property. Uh, Reed College on the east side of Portland, mm-hmm. uh, that's a private yeah. university, and they own all the property that they control as well. But yeah, PSU, those are public streets. Mm-hmm. And not just public streets, but like a significant transit corridor and, you know, light rail and uh, all that stuff going through the streetcar. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's tons of stuff. Plus Portland Parks, uh, I would imagine the park blocks are uh, Portland Parks and probably not PSU, but I'm not sure about that. But, uh, but yeah. I don't think PSU owns the streets. Right. But, yeah. So there's a lot of collaboration that has to happen anytime something needs to change. So mm-hmm. that that's the point that you're making is that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people to talk to yeah. uh, if you want something to improve. So nice. Uh, well, were there any, uh, any uh, significant improvements you saw this year that you were encouraged by? Um, I'd say the uh, tactical urbanism with uh, Southwest Broadway. It wasn't, we didn't get involved with it much besides just providing volunteer support. But uh, the um, Better Block uh, PDX group. I love those guys. They've been doing a lot of cool stuff this last year. Actually, during one of my classes in bike pad planning, we did a uh, planning document for their – I was in charge of the Northeast Broadway project. And then there's also the Burnside Bridge and the uh, Green Loop project. Oh, you were part of the Better Block Broadway on the east side. Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. uh, my team was in charge of the uh, design and planning for that uh, before it got out to the volunteer support. And for anybody who doesn't know Better Block, what do they do? They create, you know, tactical ur- urbanism projects that show people what could is possible in this area. So instead of just waiting for, you know, politicians or the business community to say we want this, we sh- their block shows the community what. It could look like temporarily. So, so like if we replace these parking spaces with uh, seating yeah. or yeah. parks or flowers or, or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, uh, the Broadway project, by the way, is my favorite of of all the better blocks that I've been through. And it came at a time in which uh, my driving route took me through Broadway a lot. Um, so every day I'm driving this and didn't change my stop times at all. You know, I still picked up my students uh, at um, at the appropriate times. And um, honestly, like, <clears throat> there was concerns of congestion, and um, I felt uh, like I was able to move through the space with a lot more ease. Um, yeah, so kudos to Better Block, uh, especially on the, I think, the Broadway uh, version or the Broadway uh, realization of that was by far... Yeah, the best. Yeah. Another Duke. example. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of Third uh, Ave. I guess it's uh, Northwest Third Ave downtown. Southwest. 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 Yeah. yeah, right near Burnside. Yeah. Um, right by Voodoo Donut. Yes. By Voodoo Donuts. Yeah. yeah. So they did a temporary project there for about oh. three days or a week or something. This was like a year or two ago, and so now there is more of a bike lane 
uh, buffered bike lane on Third Ave for right. Yeah, they took a lane of traffic away down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, so I think that was a positive step there. So it's definitely right. The coordination with the city is helping. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, opinions on Voodoo Donut itself? It's great if you've had a few beers and you're with <laughs> a bunch of friends and you want donuts with M&Ms on them. But right, right. <laughs> when you're sober, it's a little overrated. <laughs> <laughs> There's the puzzle piece that we've been looking for. <laughs> that's it. That, that's how it, how it works. Right, right. No, it's, a, it, it's a landmark for anyone who doesn't know anything in Portland except for that. Uh, but, but that is a place where they took out a lane of traffic and they made a brand new... Uh, Brand new buffered yeah. bike lane, so more space and for that people was, on bikes. That was due to the better block experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. They they definitely got some businesses on board after yeah. doing the three day demonstration. Well, some, it's got, yeah. yeah, it's got to be kind of fun to see that that sort of thing happen near where you are too, because it's easy probably to get involved with some sort of advocacy thing. Like I feel like there's something in advocacy happening in Portland all the time, but something that's right next to where you are, mm-hmm. and something that impacts like where you live and what you're up to. Yeah, that was probably within a mile of campus. That's so, great. Yeah, nice. Not too far away. So both of you guys, it's it's finals week, and you're just about to graduate. So what uh, what happens next, and what happens to Bike PDX? Um, or excuse well, me, Bike PSU. I'm sorry. What happens to Animal House? That's right. Ray, do you have any updates <laughs> on your... Well, so you're asking specifically about Bike PSU? Uh, yeah. In general, about us. Yeah, yeah. and then what do you do after yeah. that? Uh, well, we do have some returning students that are very interested. Um, so we're trying to pass the baton off. Um, all the legwork with there, there's like a, a, it's a university website. If we if we have an event, we have to post to that website. We have to update the Facebook, put make a Facebook event, reserve a room, uh, coordinate with whoever we're working with. Um, so trying to pass that baton off and continue to recruit. Uh, once we we graduate, we're pretty much out of the picture. Um, so we've been encouraging students to stay involved um, to help with that transition where I guess I'll throw in a quick plug right now. We're, uh, we're doing a pedal palooza ride. Um, it's what the uh, biking Vikings we're calling it. Oh, there we go. Cause what? the mascot for PSU is the Vikings. The Viking. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we're doing that ride. It's actually taking the place of the original pollen ride time, which got oh, switched. There we so. go. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Which we will, <laughs> we will mention in just a minute here. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Wednesday, June 15th at 2 PM midday, there aren't many midday rides for pedal palooza. There we go. We're, we're meeting in the park blocks at PSU, uh, and we're encouraging people to wear Viking related gear and Fabulous. horns on their helmets. So yeah. Forth. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> yep. And That's so great. bike PSU is doing that and we'll tell people about the group and try to get them involved at yeah. the end yeah i would imagine it's a little bittersweet for both of you just to like you've put a lot of a lot of sweat and equity into this and so trying to try to consider what it will be like once you're gone is that uh, is it sad i'm still gonna be an advocate after graduation <laughs> right. it's, that's not gonna change <laughs> yeah i mean i've been an advocate for six years now and wherever i live you know whether it's in portland east coast west coast wherever you know i'm i've been an advocate for a long time and i don't see that changing whether i work for the government or work for an advocacy organization. That's so. good to hear. That that's we need more people like you in the world. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll definitely be sad to leave, leave PSU. Um, as grad students, Ray and I are only there for two years, and really, we've only done this group for one year. So, if we were freshmen in undergrad, we would have another three years of or two years to look forward to. So, right, right. It's you know uh, a little tough um, 
so we've been trying to get undergrads involved and we've got a few but there you yeah. go uh i i'm not going to ask you a lot of specifics because i know that they're probably fuzzy as far as like where personally you'll be going next uh obviously that has to do with opportunity and jobs yeah. and and personal preference and all that sort of thing but uh as you prepare to pass off stuff to to younger people um do you have any recommendations for people who are in college that are interested in advocacy? Like what should they do? Work hard, party hard. There if, you go. Uh, you're hesitant to join a student group or anything that's fun. Do it and do your homework. Just make sure you just do both. If, Cause <laughs> if you don't, if you only focus on school, you're just going to end up on Facebook procrastinating and doing your homework at the last minute. So you might as well do the student group and and stay on top of your studies, but definitely stay on top of your studies. There we um, go. Uh, let me uh, let me just pull this up and have you say just just underscore that in a few words real quickly here. Whoops, my bad, wrong one. <laughs> Our call to action here. If you are a college student, either an undergrad or graduate student, this is your time. You'll never be a student again. Get involved. Uh, join student groups. Join advocacy and volunteer opportunities. And so work hard, party hard. Do the fun stuff and your studies. Yes. There we go. That sounds perfect. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thanks to both of you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, you know what, Aaron? What? You and yes. I, we're getting older. <laughs> we're not in college anymore. And <laughs> oh, I as haven't much been as, in college for a long as time. As much as we would like to yeah. think that we can hang out with the kids, we can't hang out with the kids as much as we used to. No? So, yeah, I can't, I can't we, join... Uh, bike PSU we need people like you guys that that are grabbing the torch and passing it on to the next person that uh, you know uh, pe people who are young and want to do something cool but don't quite know how to do it yet they just need a little help and uh, so thank you both for doing what you've done so far and uh, look forward to hearing what you do next so thank you thank yeah you. thanks for having us please don't put me in a home <laughs> <laughs> so with that uh, you guys have time to hang out for uh, our calendar and headlines and mail? Sure. Fabulous. Awesome. All right. Well, let, let's head into our uh, our calendar and our headlines. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? Aaron, what do we have on the calendar? All right. Upcoming June 10th, the Little Lebowski Urban Achiever Ride. That's right, dudes. Come on out. It is going to be a fantastic time. June 11th, the last Bowie Prince Ride. Oh, we yes. failed to ask Lily when she walked into the studio about, we, we should have had her say something about oh, that. Oh, snap. Maybe oh, next well, time. Yeah. Maybe we, well, she's got to get that bike back. That's right. right yep. <laughs> maybe that can be next Monday. Yeah. Let's hide it until she comes <laughs> back and gives us some interview. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it for ransom. That's right. Uh, also on June 11th, the Grilled by Bike Ride. Yes. The one that started it all. Um, well, I mean, the continuation of the one that started, started all the going. grilling by bike. Yes. Yeah. Uh, June 15th, Biking Vikings. Which we just we heard just about. mentioned. That's right. And I just added. Uh, June 18th, the third annual Bike Mechanic Challenge. If you love fixing flat tires. That's right. <laughs> June twenty first, the pollen ride, and we just moved that. Uh, so oh, I was trying to remember 21st. if we updated that last. No, I, it is now. It is. But I was okay. trying to remember if we updated that uh, on previous posts. I certainly haven't done it in the, in the web copy yet. 
But I think this is the first time we've mentioned that the pollen ride has moved to June 21st. We talked about it before, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's coming up. Yes. Um, and then July 16th. My birthday. The Brompton Urban Challenge. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, team of four people. Only one of them needs a Brompton. Um, Can one and... of them be hiking on a on the Pacific Crest Trail? <laughs> <laughs> you might have a hard time. It's a Make photo your scavenger fifth hunt. Honorary uh, <laughs> team member that day. Okay, you'll be uh, our fifth beetle. Thank you. I appreciate that. You'll be our Pete best. Yeah. So that's um, what's happening on the calendar. Yeah. If uh, if anybody else has, and again, this is th- these are largely Portland centered events. They're all Portland centered events because yes. that's where we live. But if you're hearing this and you know of something that people should know about in your hometown, let us know, or yeah. in other in somebody else's hometown. <laughs> Tell us about it because we want to make sure everyone is in the loop on everything. That's right. So, some headlines. Let's do that. What's in the news? We don't have music for that because we just did music. We need to make a calendar thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, we got calendars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. So, first up, it's more of an announcement than a headline, but North Street Bags has introduced a new tote bag. I don't know if you guys know who North Street is. I'm a big fan of them. North Street Bags, they they make amazing bags. Make some pretty cool bags, yes. Uh, Introducing the new Tabor Totes, made in-house in Portland, Oregon, available in two sizes, regular and extra large. The Tabor series from North Street Bags is made from durable and water-resistant. Made in the USA, Denier Cordura Nylon. Cordura is good stuff. It's strong. It's what those pants I used to own are made of. And I'm not sure oh, yeah. what happened to those pants of mine because I <laughs> raved about them. They just disappeared? They just disappeared. I think it could have been... I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before. I had a scatological emergency on the day that I was moving out. And you tossed the pants themselves? I think I may have left them in the washing machine at my old house. <laughs> That's After hilarious. I shit my pants. So there's that. Wait, but you know, oh no, you don't know the people who, I was thinking, it's your old apartment. You don't know. No, the no, before that. Them. Oh. Way back. So I do know the people. I mean, I, I'm still in touch with them. I've just right. never asked them, hey, have you seen my have, pants? Have you seen my pants? Yeah. So C- Cordura, anyways, good, strong stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and with a zippered pocket to uh, secure your phone, keys, and wallet. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you can carry LPs and stuff in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so if you ever wondered, how am I going to take these LPs home? Oh, dude, this next thing? Panniers. I did not realize that they found out who did it. Oh, yes. Holy shit. Yeah, it's been you an gotta, ongoing thing. You got to read us this. <laughs> All right. Next up from Oregon Live, the Oregonian. A pair of 15-year-old boys accused of stealing a TriMet bus. My, oh my. Transit police officers responded after teens were seen walking through a secure area at TriMet Center Street Garage. Um, They gave you the address of the garage. I'm not going to read it off. (laughs) Just in case you want to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. As officers searched the lot of parked buses, they located an empty parking place and damage consistent with a hit and run to another parked bus, said the investigating um, officer. Uh, yeah, so this has been an on, ongoing like thing for a while, right? It has, uh, right. On Twitter, it's... like the Clackamas County uh, Sheriff's Department has been all over this, tweeting about it. There you go. Yeah, there's our transit bill from the max. But no, it's it's crazy that like just that this this bus disappears and people don't know where it went, and they took it for a joyride. Yeah, it sounds uh, like fun, except for caught... the whole illegal part. Where was it? 
um, somewhere down like on ninety nine McLaughlin Boulevard. Yeah, yeah, down south, south of uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, so beyond on, the Portland creep zone, on the way to Oregon City. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps <laughs> I don't know what they what they intended to do with it. <laughs> they're going to win Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of dying of dysentery, they they were arrested for stealing a bus. So one of the other reports on this was. Uh, these two 15-year-old boys are also um uh it's it's thought that they're also like part of the uh, the traveling group of kids that kind of come through here, you know, every summer. Uh, the miscreants? <laughs> I travelers, you know, okay. but they're all like really young. Sure. Uh, okay. So they think like these 15-year-old boys are also part of that. Like this might be fun. <laughs> right. It reminds me of uh well Darius McCollum in uh New York, I want to say. Uh, it was the guy who, like, has made a lifelong career of stealing a bus and going to jail and doing, like, oh, five right. or ten years. But and getting out would, like, and stealing another transit yeah, mode. Yeah, he would, like, pick up passengers and, like, take them places. He really wanted to be a bus driver. Yes. But now with multiple felonies, we'll never be a bus driver officially, <laughs> no. which is why he keeps on stealing buses. Most We need to change the law so that felons be- can become bus drivers. I don't know. Just give him his, old, his own bus. Not. Like, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you could make this like part of his uh, community service, uh, right? Just to like drive yeah. a bus. You can make it up to the public by learning how to legally drive a bus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if only that was a thing. Yeah, it, these guys. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. They have not. Uh, I, I don't yeah. think that was their motivation. Right. Uh, um, two other men arrested in an apparent bout of speed of racing. Speed racing on I-84. They clocked one driver traveling 116 miles per hour on the interstate. Deputies think another man was driving about 106 at one point. Well, we know who won then. Uh, this was Monday. A deputy responded around 11 a.m. This isn't like Midnight Race Society or, you know... Anything you see in the Fasts or the Furious is... 11 a.m. on Monday. 11 a.m. Monday, broad daylight, a report of four to five cars stopped in the eastbound traffic and setting up for a race near the interstate's Corbett exit. One was driving a 2002 Corvette uh, with a GoPro camera mounted on its rear passenger side. The other driving a 2002 Pontiac Firebird with a passenger inside. See, that's the saddest part about this story, really, is that these aren't even, like, classic cars. These are just cars. Yeah. And they're being driven by dipshits who <laughs> think it's fun to stop traffic on the interstate so they can go out for a race. Yep. I much prefer... Broad daylight. Yes. Broad daylight. This is, again, like, this isn't some midnight. And, like, not that that makes the one, you know, okay, but... <laughs> it's okay when you do it at night when <laughs> right. no one knows. Right. It's just... I think it's easy sometimes to dismiss r- reports like this as, as like kind of a um, like it's a just those kids getting, or, getting or a counterculture of uh-huh. its own. Oh right, and maybe it is, but you know, it's it's also like just happening every day. Was like, Vin Diesel yeah. there? <laughs> Vin was not one of the ones. Okay, then it's not okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, nor was nor was the Rock. Dwayne yeah. Johnson. There we go. Uh, I much prefer when I'm speeding on 84 to be doing it on a bicycle. <laughs> yes. Wait, can you ride a bike on 84? That's what I did this weekend. Of you can. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's well. There was a point, I guess, where you had to. Yep. Well, I didn't have. To. I, I yeah. could have taken. Well, yeah, that's true. From Hood River to Cascade Locks, I had to. From Cascade Locks to Troutdale, I chose to because the historic highway goes up and down. 
At, at the last Sunday Parkways, there was um, they had all these signs up like trip bicycle trivia or whatever, and, and one of them said. Uh, the the land record for a bicycle is something like 140 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Really? I think it's a yeah. liberal definition of the term bicycle, but definitely, yeah. Like, people yeah. have gotten very, very speedy on things that are two-wheeled. Yeah, so they, they would have won that race on I-84. They would <laughs> have. True. They would yeah. have. <laughs> so take that in your Corvette and Firebirds. Okay, so we need some corkers, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> then we need to set up this thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> At 11 a.m. next Monday. <laughs> Wait, what's happening next? <laughs> Uh, coming up next, Bike Portland. Two videos that will help you understand homelessness in Portland. Uh, one is from a TEDx talk from uh, the uh, editor-in-chief at Street Roots. Uh-huh. And uh, the Israel other, Bayer? Yes. Yes. And the other is, is from, uh, I can't remember what his deal is now. Israel just Bayer notable, was also notable just guy. on um, the Why Isn't Anyone Talking About This podcast. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a smart great. guy. I Worth can't listening wait to, to listen to that. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you have any so anyways, curiosity about homelessness, especially in the Portland area, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quote Jonathan Moss: Our ho- housing crisis is far from over. While advocates and politicians work toward solutions, one thing the rest of us can do is work toward a greater understanding of the issue. And there's so much fear mongering. That's the thing. Um, yes. And I understand that. Uh, People don't like people that don't look like them. People that seem like they're different. Uh, it makes you uncomfortable when you're not sure like what someone's up to. And sometimes like things happen uh, when people are living outdoors. That um, it's a there are different social dynamics that come into yes. play, and uh, weird things happen. And sometimes uh, people get hurt and laws get broken. But most of the time, it's just people trying to find a place to live. Um, so I'm curious for either of you guys living in town, do you see any of the uh, the increase in people without homes uh, affecting PSU? Well, there was an article in the PSU newspaper about s- students at PSU actually not being able to afford housing. And oh, like actual being, students being displaced. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, and some I've talked to a couple that have lived in cars while being a student. And uh, really? there, there's also a pretty substantial food bank at the university that's that true. has okay. a line, like an hour long line wow. for students. That's and, intense. Yeah. And I mean, there's a certain part of that that is almost like romantic and romanticized as like the college experience. Like I, I used to eat like a pack of ramen a day. Sure. But uh, but there's also the very serious things at play there where like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, some people thought they would get a different deal than they did. And so, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure plenty of students also don't finish school because right. of financial because of issues like that. Yeah. yeah, right. And the difference being maybe like when you're a student, you you have a a lot of people have a safety net of a family they can fall back on and say, "Hey, uh, I need some help. I need to come home for a bit." Um, whereas in a different stage of life, that's less accessible. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yes, <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Thank All you right. for thank you for enlivening the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, in our news section from mentalfloss.com, my go-to for time wasting and hard science. And hard science. You should totally pee in the shower. Should I? You to- you should totally pee in the shower. Why? Admit to peeing in the shower and you may get some dirty looks. That's why I never admit really, to it. Really, you should be getting a gold star for helping to save the planet. According to the EPA, flushing toilets accounts for 27% of America's water usage. Newer toilets use 1.6 gallons per flush, 
and older models can use significantly more as much as seven gallons. The average adult urinates six to eight times a day. And I am not the average adult. (laughs) Yeah, I'm above average. (laughs) I would like to count myself as above average in this count. Which means that worst case scenario, you could be using 56 gallons in the span of 24 hours. That's quite a bit. Just by pressing a lever. Right. So you could cut that into, or you could cut that by at least one-eighth. Uh-huh. So one of those times. By just being in the shower. Next time you have to go to the bathroom, take a shower as well. Yeah. Clean up. (laughs) Maybe don't take a shower six to eight times a day. (laughs) Okay. Wait, so at the risk of uh, alienating a certain audience members, I apologize if this sounds crass, but (laughs) should I be using the bathtub as a urinal? I, Without the shower going, should I just walk I up to the bathtub? I don't think that's what they're no, saying. No, they're not saying that. Okay, all right. <laughs> no. I think you might you might come, you might run into other issues. <laughs> Odor being maybe just one of them, and the ire of my wife. And yes, yes, yes. <laughs> most likely. <laughs> I, I have heard of campaigns uh, to not flush the toilet if you pee. Right. Like keep it. I forget the saying. Keep if it's it yellow, mellow. let if it's it yellow. mellow. Yeah, yeah. let it mellow. If it's brown, yeah. flush it down. So I've, they say. I've spent five years in a yellow let it mellow house. Well, you, it, I the can't thing get is, my housemates on board with it now. <laughs> Wait, are you saying you would be, still be into that? Oh hell yeah! Okay, all right. So here's the difference. Uh, just I let, mean, well, again, you, at you the go risk ahead, at but... the risk of alienating an audience that may find this to be crass. So you've well, been you know warned. what's crass? Wasting water. Yes. <laughs> No, so Sorry. here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you have spent all night sleeping in your nice, comfortable bed, and you get up and you have that morning uh, relief, sure, that's liquid that's been uh, concentrating in your body all it's night, been marinating there. You've been sweating while you've been asleep. Uh, you've also been, uh, yeah, you've been losing water uh, in other ways. You've been exhaling moisture. Yes, sure. Uh, and so by the time you wake up. You've got all these toxins that need to be dumped into a toilet somewhere or the receptacle of your choice. So you're saying your morning urination I'm is is probably more... If it's yellow, I say hell no. <laughs> it's kind of a slant rhyme there. If it's clear, um, I, I can't think of a rhyme. So anyways, I, I'm just saying like maybe that first, first uh, relief of the morning just kind of, you know, do away with that. If uh, if you've been exercising and hydrating yourself well, and and you have a, uh, or maybe your first one in the morning can be in the shower. There you go. If you, you know, yes, that's that's a thing you could do. You also want to find out where simplicity your, where, is not always easy. Where do all those pipes go? I'm assuming <laughs> they all go to a treatment plant. If you live in yes, a city, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, that if, is a good no. No, that is a good point. If it goes like, into your crawl space, if, don't. <laughs> right. Or if it goes like you know, I don't think they're. They do this anymore, but I grew up, uh, our family had a, had a cabin or a cottage on a lake uh-huh. and, um, the lake or the, the sewage for a long time flushed right into the lake. There you, you know? go. So you would always boat on the lake and never swim. <laughs> you, you don't, there were certain parts of the lake where you didn't want to swim. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> just like I'll eat, I'll just kind of eat around the poop and the ice cream sundae, like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it doesn't no. work for me. I would not go to that lake. <laughs> but I know that's how things used to go. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time then. It was know. a different time. We, we didn't know it as was much okay. as we do now. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 
kind of understand the greater system at, at play. Sure, and sure. That, no, I mean, it, it, it it's a good point. That like folds in the yellow mellow thing. Like understand like if some if if you have people you live with in your house and they open up the toilet lid and like an enormous stench reaches to the heavens from the bowl. Sure. Maybe don't do it that way. Find a way to save water, but do it in a way that's not odious. Sure. And and I mean yeah, this is maybe we're we're getting maybe into a little bit of too much detail, but if it's sitting if you know it's going to sit around for a while, just let it go. Just flush it down. If it's going to sit around, flush it down. There we go. We have a <laughs> rhyme that works. Glad to hear. It's that. yellow, let it mellow. But if it's going to sit around, flush it down. <laughs> I'm glad we've taken the time to parse this out. This is the sort of I'm sure the entire audience is rapidly listening to figure out exactly what they should do about this right now. They're crisis. applauding their they're applauding their iPods. Good job, guys. That's what you we wanted. <laughs> you you nailed it. Uh, well, we may not have roommates that are compliant and willing to do things, but what we do have. What do we have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. All right. First up, Rory in Michigan sends us a donation. Thanks, Rory. This is yes. Rory, who a couple of years ago sent us Michigan-shaped magnets and and the, the and the, the six carrier. pack. That's yeah, right. With which our logo on it still there. If you could hear that uh, sliding across the floor, that's that's reclaimed wood that was made into a six pack carrier from uh, Rory. So thank you, Rory. Andre Johnson sends a donation and some studio swag, which we use. That's right. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. Um, also from Aaron Green, been listening for about a year and a half now and call me a sucker for personal stories and perspectives, but getting to hear directly from our hosts doesn't happen a whole lot. Getting to have the chance to hear about you two individually was a step above, at least for me. It was raw, human, funny, and powerful. Thanks for doing it. Keep it up. P.S. I want my stickers. Uh, they're on the way. Yeah. Uh, we got similar sentiments from, uh, I think, uh, Pete from the Cycle Tour store on yeah. Twitter. And, there's, a, uh, there's a few people. Terry Campbell. Kind of tweeted, tweeted at us. Yeah. So uh, thanks for the, yeah, thanks everybody for uh, oh, yeah, Terry sending that in. Yeah, really uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we did the monologues for episode 300 proper, and uh, those were fun. So it was cool. Yes. Um, next up, Jim Gooden did pedal. To the end of the block as he recovers. Because that's what oh, you said last I, time when we read yes. mail from him. You were like, even if it's just yes. to the end and of the I've block. Got a, I've got a uh, more lengthy uh, version of that. Oh, you do? Oh, yes. yeah, there it is. Uh, sincerely appreciated the night, nice feature from my note to you, as well as encouragement to move forward. The good news is, as my fractured toe from the crash has arrived at week six yesterday, felt like it was time to ride again. I live a block from Prospect Park in Brooklyn and have the inner 3.5-mile road as my go-to for times like now. I was shaky on the start, but as a fellow local rider said to me early, one pedal at a time. Uh, in the end, rode the loop plus surrounding Greenway, then a couple of neighborhood streets, two inch back. Felt great mentally, and the foot did not seem stressed. I'm glad to hear that, Jim. I uh, hope you uh, continue to recover well. If there's anybody else out there nursing an injury and they're using the Sprocket podcast to kind of fill that uh, the, that uh, the place that the bicycle usually took, uh, we, we wish you the best in recovery as well. Yeah. Good so. luck. I, I honestly really don't know how to – I was going to try to find like a, a snarky, smart aleck 
spin on that, but I, <laughs> I, I got nothing. It's it's all sincerity today. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, Chris in Colorado spotted Velocult in a W. Kamau Bell's uh, United Shades of America Season one, episode six, around the three to four minute mark. It was about hipness, yeah. Yes, and I, I started, haven't seen. I was watching the oh, okay. as, as you guys were coming in. I haven't seen the show yet, but I'm I'm fascinated by it. Uh, if it's anybody hasn't funny. heard of it, uh, check it out. The so I'm I'm assuming that it's uh, W. Kamau. Um, he's talking about how white Portland is, and he said something right. to the effect of like you can have a a NASCAR uh, race, and he, he's like saying all these various things, and like. You know, and it still wouldn't be quite as white as as Portland. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, Velo Colt makes an appearance uh, for for good or for ill. Yes. Guthrie also fielded a weird email about a rude cyclist. Yes. I forwarded this to you, and uh, I think we're not going to read the email. But it was like I kind of want to post this email somewhere, though. Maybe we but should. I don't. I don't know how to do it and how to do it tastefully. Right. Uh, it did. It did get my ire. Take a screenshot and then Twitter it. <laughs> Uh, and then do with what you will. In short, someone was uh, a couple was walking their dog in the waterfront, and they bumped into a cyclist who was rude, and uh, eventually spat at their feet before riding away. And this couple decided the best thing to do would be to send an email to every bike shop in town saying, "You guys are better than this." A black eye <laughs> on all cyclists in P- all PDX cyclists. I'm glad they warned us because we're gonna we're gonna tell that guy. We know who <laughs> <Yes>. he is. <laughs> we're gonna pick up the red phone. <laughs> Wait, let's go back to these race car people here. That is a black eye on all cars and people. <laughs> and now a black eye on cyclists as well. Uh, anyways, so Guthrie works at a bike shop, and uh, he received this along yeah, with every other just, bike shop in town. Apparently, just bugs me how like yes, people. Can be rude sometimes. People can be rude right. sometimes. I met you know, a rude whether person. They're, whether they're on a bike or not. Yeah, but they have nothing to do if, either if with Guthrie's shop bike, or with anybody else. It generates stuff like this. You know? Right, right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so uh, last, that was weird and it happened. Yes. Thank you for forwarding that on to us, though, Guthrie. It was, it, it was entertaining in a strange way. It was way. entertaining in its way, yes. Yeah. Uh, lastly from Joseph Floyd, the newest and youngest commissioner at the city met with me for two hours Today, and this is Gainesville, Florida, by the way. Yes. He was at first a little pessimistic about alternative levels of service because Florida defaults to, you're going to have to help me with this acronym, FHWA levels of service standards. What's FHWA? Help me, Chris. Federal Highway Administration. (laughs) Wait, Federal Highway what? Administration. Administration. Ah, okay. Civil Engineering. That said, I told him about Portland Planning and Sustainability's 2012 RFP. Request Request for for proposal. proposal. (laughs) (laughs) And your stage three for the TSP. Transportation System Plan. We live in acronyms. We live in acronyms. It's it's great. Uh, I'd I'd love to come to the Sprocket Podcast and thank you for airing an issue that made a difference on the other coast. And if I can swing... To do it in person, I'd, of course, provide the episode beverages, perhaps from Gainesville's two newest breweries. Maybe even chat with you and Chris both. Well, Joseph, if you end up coming to Portland, Oregon, you let us know. Yeah, we'll get Doors you Doors open. Yeah. Uh, and advocacy in Florida, as Johnny K knows, difficult. It's hard to do. Difficult. Um, 
Well, that that's cool. And Chris Smith actually responded to this in the comments on the episode. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I didn't post that. He here, responded but... with more acronyms that I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> also, just just saying that uh, you know there are some ways forward that don't necessarily. It's not like the fix all, be all, end all, but uh, there are some ways forward. So if you're curious, uh, you can find that that comment on that uh, on that post. Well, it's been a good show. Any anything yes. else you guys wanted to say that you haven't said yet? That's all I've got. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any more acronyms you wanna you wanna? If you're a PSU student, join our Facebook. That's group. Portland State University. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Portland State <laughs> University. We got a Facebook. I got that. Group. I got that one. That's right. Um, <laughs> join our Facebook group, or if you're not on Facebook, email bikepsu at pdx.edu, and we'll get back to you. Very good. Join us. All right. Cool. Well, uh, thank you both for coming in. It's a pleasure. Thank All right. You. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. You ready for these uh, these credits here? Let's do this. All right. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan Jalen for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sign. Marcus Norman for graphic design. Thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Johnny K, Shadowfoot. Katharina Melamgard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson. Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney. Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly. Jim Gooden. Good luck, buddy. Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller. Todd Parker, Scott McAllister, Morgan, Chris Gonzalez. Dan Gebhard, Zoe Campagna, Andy Brunner. Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Christy Kaster. Caleb Jenkins and J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar, Matt. Patrick Archain, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson, Drew the Welder. Krista, Anna, John Wasserman. Andre Johnson, Shelly and Troy, the King of Division. Josh Zissin, Richard G., Guthrie Straw. Christopher Barnett, Brandon Shelby, Campsite. Aaron Green, Macknurst, David, Catherine Mitchin. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rawson, and Rory Close. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. <laughs>